I think the people in this country have had enough of experts. Ah! Hello, Dave. Welcome to Sustainable 85. Oh, blimey, we're nearly, well, we're not nearly 100. Nudging 100, are we? Nudging yeah. 100, we're going to have that big babble party, and you, dear listener, are invited because we are your friendly little environment podcast all about people and the planet, and this week, apparently, rodents. Um, <laughs> and we, uh, even though everything... Very important. Very important, and even though everything is all squiffy and weird, we're still here to have a chuckle about it every now and then, isn't we all? Absolutely, and this week, well, as you say... Uh, we're going to be talking about some of the things that like to get shot in the face. Uh, name a thing that likes to get shot in the face, Dave. Nothing, oh, nothing likes getting shot in the face. Uh, incorrect. Badgers, they like getting shot in the face. And they like oh, yeah, getting, you're they, right, badgers love it. They love getting shot in the face by environment ministers. And we've got a new one. We've got a new one. And this new Mr. Badger Killer is that lovely Michael Gove. And we have got views. We've got some views limber up in half corner roll. What else we got? Well, continuing the theme, there is a certain politician on the other side of the pond uh, who, well, he looks like an animal. What animal does he look like? Bellend. That's not an animal. Oh, a weasel. It, mm, I think he looks a bit toadier. I think he looks more like a toad. It does does look like a toad. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. we've also got some very, very, very good, profoundly important, seismic, oh, game-changing news uh, on the cheerful end of things, actually, about Ratty. Ratty? Ratty. You know, Ratty, the, the water vole. Ratty. Oh, is, vol- is it volcanic news? <laughs> Yes. Oh, oh, I'm going to spend the rest of this episode thinking up a better pun than that. Right. Uh, just the usual disclaimer. We do work for environmental charities, but these are very much our own views. So if anything that we say, anything Ol says more likely, he rubs you up the wrong way. Oi. Take it up with him. Uh, if that fails, take it up with me. But don't take it up with anyone that we work for. Yes. In half of the week. In half of the week, this is the section named after a senator in America called Jim Inhofe, who is an ingrowing toenail. <laughs> oh, that sounds painful. Why is he an ingrowing toenail? Oh? He's an ingrowing toenail because he's sort of rotten, but also because he thinks climate change isn't real because there is still snow. So we named a section of the show after him, into which we stick other ingrowing toenails. And who is the ingrowing toenail this week, Dave? Well, all Her Majesty Theresa May, who, as we covered <laughs> in the me? last episode, romped to victory with a sizable majority over all other political parties, has decided, thus emboldened, to bring back to government an Inhofe. Uh, this one. I was just um, enjoying the afternoon with a friend when suddenly the phone rang um, and there was an invitation to go to Number 10 Downing Street. Of course, I knew that today was reshuffle day. But I genuinely didn't expect this role. Do you know who that is? I do know who that is. 
is a man with a very strange accent. I always forget that he's Scottish because he sort of sounds sounds odd about it, doesn't he? Odd yeah, Scottish. It's a bit but, like, oh, bit like Arabella. <laughs> I, right. Uh, <laughs> well, come on. I don't I mean, think you can. I don't think you can compare Michael Guy with Arabella. And I don't think you can expect many more bits of Arabella babble if you continue <laughs> to compare Michael Gove and Arabella. Okay, the new laddie. He's a funny sounding chap. And um, well, I think more importantly, if you've been like a teacher or anyone concerned about education, he's somewhat of a controversial chap because he was education secretary for a very long time. Uh, during that time, he seemed to relish having fights with like all of the teaching unions and well, everyone really known as a bit of a Machiavellian operator within government and of course a massive rival to Theresa May he wanted to be leader of that their Conservative Party she won uh, and you know summarily booted him out of the party but now she's booted him back in yes yes she has so he's the environment secretary that's what he is he what? is in charge of the environment all of it what all of the environment no. he's in charge of it and this is bad because well all of the greeny organizations and all of the greeny political types have gone spare about it <laughs> why well they have all gone spare they have all gone yes. spare and I mean, it doesn't look good, does it? Well, it probably won't surprise you that there's not much joy about this in the Green Party. It really, he is almost uniquely unqualified for the post of Environment Secretary. This is a man the the Green Party, for instance, have put out a, uh, a kind of Facebook ad which says uh, that he has voted against preventing climate change. I think Michael Gove's been an MP for quite some time, maybe 2005 he started. I'd have to check that, but a while. In that time, he's voted against preventing climate change. He's voted to sell off the forests. I like forests, don't sell them. Uh, he's voted to kill badgers. Apparently, he's missed key votes on the environment. Um, and potentially, most famously of all, he tried to stop the curriculum mentioning climate change, specifically geography. Geography. But yeah. what it what it was was that uh, he was accused of trying to uh, take climate change and make it less important in the curriculum by taking it off geography and just putting it into science. The idea being that it was just like a scientific thing and not a thing about people and place and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So well, that's yeah, quite inhofe, got, well, isn't it? pretty inhofe. People got well knocked, and then he ch- and he changed his mind about it because like everyone called him an inhofe, so he changed his mind. Yeah, Do you remember? Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, that's not exactly changing mind more. Just trying to stop everyone shouting at you and say, all right, all right, all right, all right. Now look, no one is to stone anyone until I blow this whistle. Do you understand? Even, and I want to make this absolutely clear, even if they do say Jehovah. Yeah, pretty, pretty inhofe. But if you, to go back to the to Green Party's first point, you know, saying generally voted against measures to... Um, prevent climate change and and one of the reasons you can know this is you go on voting websites called things like theyworkforyou.com where it summarises um, their people's voting record and yes if you look at key votes about measures to prevent climate change the website says Michael Gove has generally voted against measures to prevent climate change um, which is you know not great there's stuff here about the climate change bill back in 2008 and 
the Green Investment Bank. You like the Green Investment Bank, don't you? You're a fan of that. Do like the Green yeah. Investment Bank? Yeah, yeah well, money, Blake green didn't. money. No, he didn't. No, didn't like that. Um, I, I, you know what else he doesn't like? He doesn't like fish either. Um, he blames. Go back and listen to episode fifty-three where we talked about fish with uh, Griffin Carpenter, who knows all about fish. On, he so doesn't why, like why doesn't fish. he like fish? What's he got against? No, fish? so well. Okay, I got that wrong. He does like fish. No. <laughs> uh, he doesn't like Europe because he thinks Europe doesn't like fish, uh. even though Europe job is to make sure there's still fish tomorrow and what he said he said my father was driven out of business by yerp coming over here telling him how much he could fish and then his father about a week later said no, no it wasn't it wasn't that i just sold the business mate amazing. wasn't that amazing <laughs> yes that's the problem um, with Andy- making like cheap political points about family members when a they're still alive and b they're like listening it's <laughs> well, well yes, hang and, on and that isn't exactly what happened son <laughs> for more on which go back and listen to episode 75 where we interview father of boris johnson stanley johnson um and i accuse his son of being a well, anyway, related, very much related to Stanley Johnson, uh, Michael Gove also hates the Habitats Directive, which Stanley Johnson wrote. Wrote it. What is it? What is it? Oh, it's like a bo- bunch of regulations from Europe that stops yep. all of the, well, the habitats and the birds, like, being swamped up by developments or burnt or, you know, sold or something. It's the way... Yeah, it says, like, says, like, if you've got a special newt, don't put a house on it. Exactly, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Which I think he don't like that, does he, Michael? No, because he, like he wants that. to put he houses said, everywhere. He said yeah. he said it was absurd uh, article on the in, oh. in the Independent, which he said it was an absurd, absurd rule, um, and basically stopped people building things and got in the way of business and blah blah blah. So he, he didn't like he didn't like Europe in general, did he, old Michael Gove? He weren't big up on Europe, I seem to remember. So it kind of stands to reason that everything that comes out of Europe, he's not going to like. Yes, uh, true. Yeah. That is that yep. is very true. Uh, and, um, oh, well, so finally, yeah, he, um, you know, not unlike many other bits of the Conservative Party, he is in favour of lifting the bound on fox hunting, or to put it another way, he wants to shoot foxes in the face. Boom! Yeah, boo. Boo, Michael Gove. So in half of the week is Michael Gove, and everyone's very cross about it, and so are we. That's right. You heard anti Inhofe of the week. This is Ooh. the section where we look at some of the people who ain't in growing toenails, who oh. you know are Just doing toenails. Right. <laughs> the toenails growing <laughs> the correct way, the jutting correctly. <laughs> yes, yes. Who's jutting correctly this week, Cole? Michael Gove. No, we did him in the. Fir- Hang on, no. Scroll down the page, mate. We did Michael Gove in the. In half yeah, of the week. No, so who's I've, the anti in half I've of scrolled, the week? I've scrolled. Same, same chap. Well, we just said he's in half of the yeah, week. Yeah, now I'm saying we he were, We were clear about that. Well, you can't. You'll make your mind. No, I can't. No. <laughs> I think the last <laughs> few weeks in politics have shown that everyone has a right, <laughs> reserves the right to change their mind at any point in time. Uh, he's not an in half. I don't think most of that stuff that we just said is fair. Whoa. Yeah. Well, look at it. Look, 
He was, hang on a minute. No, so wait a no, minute. So no, wait a minute. Hang on. No, shut up and listen. Shut, no, no, I wanted to th- say that. Shut up and listen. I wanted to <laughs> say shut that. Up you shut up and listen. But I just wanted to put it to you before you say all this stuff that is controversial, right? That the Green Party have said he's an Inhofe, and Ed Davey, former climate change secretary, has said he's an Inhofe, and the director of Greenpeace, John Sovan, has said he's an Inhofe, and the Guardian have said he's an Inhofe, and we just said he was an Inhofe. So why have you now decided that he's not an Inhofe when he's obviously an Inhofe? Why do you think all those people are wrong? I'll tell you why they're wrong. Because he hasn't done anything yet. But it's well, he has. He's, he's, he wants no, to shoot foxes in no. the face, and he hates newts, and he hates the fish, and he hates climate listen, change. He listen. voted to sell off our forests, voted to cull budgers, badgers, missed key votes on the environment, tried to get climate change out of the curriculum, and looks like a marmoset. <laughs> right. Well, that I cannot challenge. But let's take some of those <laughs> things that you just said. This climate change curriculum... Get on with it. Oh, I hate you so much. This climate change curriculum stuff... Yes. Let's. Well, what what happened? Is climate change still in the geography curriculum? Yes, because he got told right. To who was that. in charge when that happened? Uh, My, Michael Gove was. Uh, yeah. Oh right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, and, good. And, oh, sorry, and I thought that was a trick. And it's question. still there. Yeah. And there's see there. There was a piece on the BBC. Um, people have different views about whether the BBC is a good or a bad thing, but it was saying it was asking people, um, you know, what happened, and people close to Michael Gove at the time were saying, hmm. It was a bit of a myth, really. It's a bit of an urban myth. Um, it did get left out of a draft, and then there was a conversation. It got put back in. Um, there was a suggestion that actually it was just going to get moved to science, but then people weren't sure whether you should be talking about kind of the raw process of science in that bit of the curriculum or how science is applied, e.g. climate change. But the point is, it's still there. He didn't remove it. It's it's still there. Um, and then, well, what else did you say? You said the, the voting record. Oh, hang on. Well, yeah, that's because you said it. Yes, but now I'm unsaying it. You, <laughs> you if you actually go and look it. at that voting record on the, you you know, they vote, they work for you type thing. Yeah. It's not yeah. like he's actually voting against things like the climate change bill. He's just not there for it. And the same is with mm. a lot of the, there's various energy bills that happened in sort of 2011, 2012, Again, not really there. Now, there is one thing which he voted against, which is this thing where you're trying to get a target, boring, in law that says electricity has got to have quite a low amount of CO2 kind of per unit of electricity generated called a decarbonisation target. Play, play the sexy decarbonisation target music, Dave. Oh, there it is. Oh, my God. Oh, crikey, Moses. Yeah, decaf target. So he voted against that. Uh, oh, so what? Well, bad thing to vote against it. But well, do you know who else voted against it? Everyone. 289 other people voted against it. Basically yes. all of the Conservative Party, including some of the Conservatives who were called turquoise Tories because they were a bit green, like people like Laura Sands, who is no longer an MP, but she was very green. She was great. And i tell you who else voted for it. thought she was Most turquoise. Of- what? You said she was turquoise. Yeah. Not green. Well, like, if you're blue and green, you sort of become turquoise don't you? Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, turquoise stories. Oh, I didn't... Oh, right. I didn't know that. Oh, goodness sake. Bloody hell. It's an education for you, isn't it? My point <coughs> is that an awful lot of people voted the same way Michael Gove did. And it's the same story on, for- on forests. Yeah, he voted against it. So did all the Conservatives. And on badgers. Yeah, he voted to kill the badgers. So did all the Conservatives. So my point is, basically, shouldn't we just be saying this about any conservative that gets given the job of environment minister? Because 
basically they've all got a pretty poor record on the environment over the last few years. So it does strike me that basically people are getting a bit ahead of themselves by going all hysterical about Michael Gove when, well, you know, he's not he's not done anything yet. And the one thing he has done is go on the radio several times saying how much he cares about climate change, how important he thinks it is, how if he gets to speak to Donald Trump again, he'll try and tell him to work cooperatively with other nations to fix climate change and to say, you know, the air that your children breathe in America is the same as the air that everyone else breathes. You know, he has gone out of his way to say this stuff is important. Now, I know that's not the same as acting in in favour of these things, but he could have gone on the radio and said, well, I think climate change isn't settled or, you know, I think we've got to talk about jobs. There, I've shut up. I'm going to stop talking. I am nearly done. Every day, yakety, bloody yak, on and on and on, day in, day out, slime in this ear, slime in that ear, just stop talking! I think you're right about a thing, right? And the oh, thing I think you're right about is let's not slag him off until he's done something terrible, then let's slag him off. Right. Yes. That's basically basically yes. what I think. Um, and I'll well, tell you I what think, is definitely I, I the case. He's shut up my turn. Uh-huh. Is he's got to be better than the last one. The exactly. last one. Exactly. Andrea Ledsom, the last one, right, who, uh, by her own admission, knew nothing about the environment when she got the job about whatever it was like a year ago, knew nothing about the environment at all. I have it on very good authority, still knows nothing about the environment now, and and has to get civil servants to write things in basically words of one syllable about, like, exactly why uh, a tree is a good thing to have around, (laughs) and, like, doesn't understand the concept of, like, soil and air and plants. And she did completely awful like, you know she, she the first thing that she did when she went into the job was got her civil servants to tell her whether climate change was real or not i mean that's that's my point like look at the awfulness we've had before um it's not been a big reshuffle could have been stuck with her we've got someone who is, is on the record saying climate change is important and i know what a tree is tell you an interesting thing though all one one interesting thing <laughs> for a change um is isn't it interesting that politically yeah it's not been brought back in because he loves the planet it's been brought back in because like theresa may's got to try and hold this crazy batshit mental barely surviving weird ass uh loyalist paramilitary inflected <laughs> government together um go back as and she listen describes to episode, it as she describes it um i go back and listen to episode 69 for more on loyalist paramilitaries um <laughs> and basically needs to get like all of the people she can get who might be destabilizing influences into her tent right and michael gove what we've been all brexit and all like europe is bad right which is a thing we haven't even talked about because like 70 percent of the uk's environmental laws come from europe by the way but anyway uh getting him giving him environment job basically shows environment is important you know like it's not like an insult to bring michael gove back and say uh you know you can give him like the whales office or something stupid like that you give him environment right <laughs> um <laughs> i'm allowed to say that my dad's welsh and okay. Um, that's because it is important at the moment, Oh, because like we've got to do fishing policy from scratch. We've got to do farming policy from scratch. Yeah, the farming, you know, and he did say first people who's going to go and meet with the National Farmers Union. Okay. That won't be difficult because the National Farmers Union main office is right next door to the Department of Environment and Food and Rural oh, Affairs main I'm office. Lucky. So. I'm lucky. <laughs> what are the chances of that? I, I, I know. I mean, imagine when they discovered that. Hang on a minute. Can my next door neighbour massive landover and bunch of other massive landowners who control everything that happens in the countryside? Oh, that must oh. make it. That must make it really convenient for them to pop round every now and then.
Who's Donald Dan? So, things Donald Dan. This is the section where we have a little look over the pond, uh, which is rapidly becoming a slightly bigger, warmer, higher-up pond because of climate change, uh, and see what the orange-faced bellicose bellend from America has done. Um, Usually, they're not good things. And, um, oh, this is... This is very sad. What am I talking about, Dave? What this is, there's a little island uh, in America called Tangier. I presume it's pronounced Tangier, which is in the Chesapeake. Tangier. 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 It could be Tangier, which is a little island, uh, teeny tiny, 83 acres in the Chesapeake Bay, right? And it's very low lying. Which bit is Chesapeake Bay? I don't know. I don't know that. Which corner? I don't know that. I don't know. I don't it know. Hang on. Be, okay, wait a minute. Might be on. toppy, toppy righty. Hang on. Chesapeake Bay in the U.S. states of Maryland and Virginia. That's righty bit. It's on the righty bit. Huh. Sort of like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was right. Tangier Island has been shrinking quickly due to rising waters. Engineers say if nothing is done, it could be gone in 25 to 50 years, and Tangier's roughly 500 residents will have to move elsewhere. Uh, anyway, it's really low-lying, yeah. So, uh, when Doesn't climate... much, you mean? Correct. Basically tells the truth. Yes, it's not fake island, it's a real island. Um, which means that when uh, climate change and sea level rise happens, which is now, uh, that it's bucket. Ah basically oh, yeah. um and uh the it, it the, the little quirk to this story is uh it is uh it loves donald trump it's like trump island it thinks donald trump is the best thing in the world the mayor uh of tangier island who's a dude called james eskridge um said i love trump as much as any family member i got oh It's. I don't quite know how to characterise it. There, there, I do recommend looking it up. There's this article on a, on a website called Think Progress. And it's a very short article, but it just talks about how um, basically Trump has told people and the mayor living on this island that is literally falling into the sea because there's a lot of erosion there as well. It's not mm. just that the sea is getting higher, the, the, the island is falling down. He's told them not to worry about sea level rise, basically saying it ain't a thing. And you've got these really tragic, deluded statements from from the mayor. And, you know, he said, um, we're we're savable right now, Donald Trump. If you see this, whatever you can do, we welcome any help you can give us. Fair enough, right? And it is that which apparently, you know, caught Trump's attention. And because, as you say, they're a massive Trump-supporting island, he called them up. And uh, and the mayor got well excited and it was like, yay, it's his Trump Island. We really love you down here. The stuff you are doing is just common sense. I believe you came along for such a time as this. And then he goes on to say, like the president, I'm not concerned about sea level rise. I'm on the water daily and I just don't see it. And when I read that, I was like, oh, that's like, that's like talking to a frog in a saucepan of water that's slowly getting hot and the frog going, nope. There's no problem. There's no problem with boiling water around here. It's 
Still fine. Oh, yeah. it just made me really sad. It's really sad because, like, the, your mayor's basically only worried about erosion, but the Army Corps of Engineers, who are the guys that basically go, you've got to build a wall around this thing, and you've got to build a wall around it now, and not that wall you want to build somewhere else, but, like, a wall here, because otherwise this bloody thing's going under because of sea level rise. The Army Corps of Engineers go in, you've got 20 years. This island is gone in 20, 20 years, years because of nothing. sea level rise. But the mayor uh, and the president think sea level rise isn't a thing. Um, and... Uh, what well, are you going to do mean, about that? This is what, I mean, we'll, we'll, let's try and see if we can expand uh, Arabella's CV out of Sustainable of the Week and into things Donald done, because this is what Donald Trump allegedly told uh, Mayor James Eskridge. Your island has been there for hundreds of years, and I believe your island will be there for hundreds more. <sighs> Tragic. That's tragic. He described it, and then the worst bit of all, the mayor described oh, that conversation. The, the peak of his career. Is as the peak bit? of his career. Donald oh, Trump knows God. about Tangier Island. That's going to be the peak of my career. I think it oh, is, mate. I think, I think your career is all downhill from here. <laughs> that is it is all underwater true. from here. His, history is definitely going to look at this point in time as the best that your career ever got. You <laughs> silly, silly Trump-loving mayor man. Reasons to be cheerful. When the weather is fine, and you know it's a sign for messing about on the river. If you take my. Ah, right. Well, we've done sad things in Chesapeake Bay. We've done quite weird things in. 10 Downing Street and surrounding offices, but we are now going to do a very, very, very happy thing because it is reasons to be cheerful, Dave. Why am I cheerful? I'll tell you why I'm cheerful. I'll tell you why I'm cheerful. I have not read this. Um, <laughs> I'll uh, tell you why I'm cheerful. Uh, okay, hang on. Yeah, right, I'll open it up. You tell people why you're cheerful. Ratty's back. Where did Ratty go? Who's Ratty? Ratty, as everybody knows, is actually a vole. And what? Yeah, I know. What? Ratty off of Wind in the Willows. I haven't read Wind in the Willows. He's actually a vole. Correct. Yes. Oh, right. Water vole, to be specific. Why don't they call it voley? Uh, don't know. Just couldn't get the being rights. contrary, weren't they? Yeah. But um, yeah, so water voles have been absolutely decimated in this country. And I think that may be the correct use of their word for once, because I think their population has declined by about 90%. So That's they the wrong have literally... Though, in which case it's the wrong use of the word. Uh, to Decimate is to reduce by 10%, not to reduce. Yes. Oh. So you're precisely wrong. <laughs> anyway... Um, so according to the Guardian, uh, the, yeah, the lovely, oh, they're so cute. The lovely little water bowls, um, have been re-released into a place in Northumberland. Where have they been? And the reason that they've been released there is where because, have they been? well, they, well, they've been eaten. That's where they've been. Basically what happened, or you might have views about this, actually. Ooh. One of the main reasons, along with, you know, climate change and habitat loss, blah, blah, blah. But one of the main reasons that Ratty has had such a bad time of it is because mink, what were bred predominantly for fur in farms. Mm, yes, bad thing. Bad thing. Um, well, they escaped. Um, Good thing. Like several, several, several decades ago. Yeah, but they don't normally live here. So they went and killed and ate all of the things that do live here that were defenceless, like uh, water voles. So absolutely knackered the population. But the reason that we can put water voles back is because otters, which were also badly 
uh, damaged in terms of numbers have been recovering sufficiently that they have forced the mink out of some places and otters don't kill water voles to the same extent so we're bringing some water voles back and they're all going to be happy and it's going to be lovely and we're going to sing wind and willows the whole time and why have you got your hand up where have the mink gone been forced out gone to other places what do you mean they've been can't forced compete, out be forced out by the otters otters are better than mink well, why, obviously... what, is, what if people go and eat the mink now good it's not good. It is good. It's not the mink's fault that they're there. Mink didn't yeah, ask but... to be bred in cages and then yeah, escape and then breed in we... the wild. It's not. We've had this debate before about yeah, you and, and I know, squirrels. You're wrong. And I've about rolled to go over. Back and I've listen to episode over. seventy-four. Right? Like you, you're you're a squirrelist. You're racist. You're a racist. That's what you are. You like the red squirrels more than the grey squirrels because they're red. And you like the uh, American mink. You don't like because it's foreign. And you do like the British otter because it's not foreign. You're a racist. So do you want all the red squirrels to die? No. Right, well, they're going to die. They already are dying because of the grey squirrels. Do you want all the water wells to die? No, hang on, but I don't want the grey squirrels to die either. (laughs) Yeah, but the grey squirrels are not dying. That's the point. Grey squirrels are breeding in (laughs) magnificent numbers. And you still can't say squirrels. I can't say squirrels. But I don't want the mink to die just so the vole can come back. It seems like now the mink are here. What have we got to kill them for? Why is it? I don't understand this. I don't understand why. I don't understand. Yeah, I know, but I don't understand why some animals are there. So we get rid of those animals and put some other animals back, and we think we've done something somehow virtuous. But we haven't. We've just like killed some animals and put some animals back. It is virtuous. It is virtuous because you're talking about species extinction. Your mum's virtuous. (laughs) Is that your mum? I told her not to come and pick me up. Right, I've got a question for you. If that vole didn't look that pretty, would you be so excited about it? If it yes. looked like a spider, would we now be having reasons to be cheerful? 300 spiders have come back, and in exchange for that, we've massacred all the mink. You wouldn't be happy about that. It's only because it looks all fluffy that you're happy about it. You're not only a racist, you're a fluffist. Look at his little face, though. <laughs> Look at his, his tiny little hands. Jeez. Goes, nibble, nibble, nibble. Oh, lovely. So that is just about it for another episode of Babble number 85 in the can. How exciting. Yes, we made a rodent in that episode, didn't we? Uh, so thank you very much to the legendary Dickie Moore for the music that starts and ends this podcast. You've got some nerve accusing me of bad puns, if what your face is currently doing. Thank you very much to Dickie Moore for the music that starts and ends and intertwinkles this podcast. Thank you, as always, to Arabella for stepping into wherever we put her these days, to be honest. Um, and uh, thank you to you all for bablifying. Thank you very much, Dave. Now, if you want to get in touch, you can send us an email of your own volition. Oh, Vol- my word. <laughs> volition. Oh my word. That's it. That's, uh, I, I quit. That's it. That is undo. That's unbeatable. <laughs> it's exceptionally good. Uh, I, I can't remember what the email address is. It doesn't matter. Just <laughs> send somebody an email. Uh, hang on. No, what is it? Hello at sustainababble.fish. Or you can tweet us at the Babble Wagon or just search for us on Facebook. And please, 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 if you like what you've heard, uh, please leave us a lovely five star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast because it really makes a big difference yes indeed right we're off uh, well i'm off stay talking to the listeners if you would like um uh, but i'm off so bye <laughs> okay bye bye <laughs> Thank you.
Anyway. When's the most embarrassing place you ever got an erection at school? Or? Um, well, it was usually back of the bus on the way to school. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then like, so that in itself wasn't embarrassing because you were sat down. It was all right. But then when it came to leaving the bus, they were like, right, everyone off. And you would sort of oh, go. No. Um, I'm, I've got to stay on the bus. Uh, I, can't, I, I can't get off. I'm just going <laughs> to. I'm just going to stay here for a bit, I think, maybe. <laughs>